0: As Jim once said, time is more valuable than money. You can make more money, but you can't make more time. In today's episode, we're going to explore how our calendars reveal our deepest values. I'm Johnny Page, I'm Matt Verlake, and this is the South County Podcast. What up, Matt Verlach? We're back. Another episode of The Zazz Academy Podcast with Johnny Page and Matt Verlach.
1: They call was, it work. That was a true professional lead-in, Johnny. I'm very impressed. Nice job. Your host. This is it. Hey, we are just talking with our, our
0: producers and it's funny because this, these will be the worst episodes we ever produce, but we just show up and, and produce them like they're, they're the best you're going to get out of us right now. And I'll tell you what, I think we got a pretty exciting conversation today, but we're enjoying the process of figuring out a way to extract our lived experience and the experiences of our clients and of what we got going on at SaaS Academy. And then to bring you this virtual room that is do it. SAS Academy. So dude, today we're talking about show me your calendar and I'll show you your values. And before we hit record on this, you and I were talking about how we pretty constantly find ourselves quarter over quarter in a spot where we're we're having to learn really quickly and get through that like uncomfortable stage. We're kind of using the podcast as an example of, hey, you just got to get in there and do it and you'll learn. And by putting in the reps, one day I'll look up three, six, 12 months from now and this will feel natural. It will be your new normal. But... On the tactical side of that, the way that you and I are able to do that, to consistently push and apply ourselves to new things is that we've got a strong calendar game that we can figure out what is the area I'm playing offense right now? What is the area where I'm playing maintenance mode right now and able to push and gain those new skills? It reminds me of a post I saw you share the other day, like you are a professional learner right now. The ability for you to gain new skills is the game you're playing. Yeah, man, the calendar is at the heart of our ability to pick up those skills and push into the uncomfortable.
1: Yeah. And it's funny because like my early career was what I would consider a time-boxed career, not an outcome-based career. You know, I was in the fire department, I was working shifts. And so like your shift starts at a time and it ends at a time and then you're on work and you're off work. And like for anyone who's working in, I don't know, what do the fancy people call it? Knowledge workers, right? Which I guess is what we are. But, you know, working remote on a computer, you don't have clear boundaries like that. And so the calendar to me was the first thing that I had to conquer in order to figure out how to actually achieve anything of value in this type of environment. And it's actually inverse of what a lot of people say it is, because I'll show, I'm a huge time blocking nerd. I'll show my calendar to people who aren't like into that kind of thing. And they'll say things like, oh, that looks like jail, or I would never want to be that scheduled. Where's the spontaneity? And I think that for me, it's actually the inverse of the way that people like that perceive it, where they look at it as though we're building boundaries around all the things we have to do. And I look at it as I'm playing defense to keep things out. So I have yeah. time to do all the things that I want to do. And once you realize that it's actually a defensive play, right, or I create a defensible space around the activities that are important to me, and I'm not boxing myself into a bunch of crap that other people are telling me I have to do. But like, if you can create that boundary around what's important to you, it'll set you free, man. Like it's the complete opposite of what other people think it is. So I don't know. That's it in a nutshell for me, because you can't acquire those skills if you don't have the space to invest your time and energy into them. Yeah.
0: I think the more that I've wanted to achieve and learn and grow, the more this skill of, we call it time management, calendar management has evolved. I love listening to podcasts. I love learning and I'm passionate about a lot of different things. Like I want to be an amazing dad. I want to be an amazing husband. I want to be great at work in the work bucket. It's like, I want to be a great communicator. I want to be a leader. You know, I want to run a great coaching company. There's just so many things that I, I want to learn and be great at. And... I found that if I wasn't selective about where am I playing offense right now, like what is the thing that I'm focused on? And then I didn't like create an outlet for that in my calendar. It just built up this like feeling of failure in every category. It was like, because I was very, it was easy to stretch the gap. I could look at what 10 out of 10 fatherhood looked like, look at 10 out of 10 leadership. And I was always falling short of that gap. And so... Recently, it's been an eventful year for me personally. Like we've I've had my, our third kid, sorry coaching coach my kids to sports teams. I've got big ambitious goals where we're accomplishing at SaaS Academies, companies growing quickly. Like there's just a lot of demand for me to be better and achieve more. I just wasn't willing to make concessions in any one of those areas. I'm not willing to, you know, be a shittier dad at the expense of yeah. being a better leader at the business. It was just like, okay, if I'm gonna rise to the occasion, like I need a system here to make sure that like I'm living in alignment with my values. And I figured today we could just riff on how you and I both, like what are the personal practices that we've put in place to make sure that our calendar is in alignment with our values and we're not like living with values that we're not actually acting on. Yeah, all in man, that's one of my favorite topics. Dude, I'm nervous to share mine after sharing yours. You and I have these like (laughs) very different approaches, but I'm curious, like, I'm curious, why don't you walk me through what's your process for just aligning how you spend your time with the
1: values that you have. Yeah. So it's interesting because I'm like the, in, within our company, like the architect of our quarterly planning process, right? And we do a lot of our company building goals on a quarterly cadence. I do the same thing for myself. And so I think that one of the areas where you and I will have common ground on how we approach this is that it's, it's always reverse engineering a time-bound goal, right? So by a certain date, whether it's a 2024 goal or the end of quarter goal, I want to achieve X and here's some criteria about what X looks like. And it could be anything. It could be, I want to spend this much time with my kids. It could be, I want to hit a certain athletic event or a body fat percentage or a personal income (laughs) goal. It could be any domain of life. It doesn't have to have anything to do with work, but I kind of, like when I see a rhythm that works, I try to adapt it in as many places as possible. So I don't have to pay the tax of like doing things differently. So I look at my own life in quarters and years, just like a business. And so on that quarterly cadence, I reevaluate a number of things. So like I sit down and I look at, for instance, at the end of every quarter, what are all of the recurring calendar commitments that I have? I literally have my assistant, Nicole, she puts it into a color-coded Google Doc with her recommendation. And like, she's good at this because she knows like, I'll tend to say yes to too many things that might be a, a me problem or you might share that affliction. I don't know, but I tend to say yes to too many things. And so she gets like first line of defense. on like, Hey, I think you could try to get out of this. I think you try to get out of that. I think, is this still serving you? So I look through that and I try to whittle down all of the things that creep up. Cause as you go through a quarter, yeah, things creep in and then it's like, Oh, let's just yeah. meet every- talk about this and let's just meet every month to talk about that. And so You got to warm up your hand and get ready to hit the delete key on some shit periodically. So for me, that's quarterly. So I look at all the recurring things because those are the most, from a time standpoint, those are the most expensive, right? Or things that happen over and over and over again. I figure out what can I offload and some of them I can just delete. Some of them I can delegate or, you know, have somebody else go to the meeting in my place or whatnot. And then from there, I look at the goals that I have coming up and then I, I basically like stack rank the importance. Say, what are my important goals? How much time on like a biweekly time horizon am I putting towards those? And I figure out where it's mismatched and I adjust accordingly. It's that, it's really not like a scientific process. There's no software or equation or anything. I just, I look at all the recurring stuff. I figure out what I can do to create some space. And then I look at my goals. I look where I'm spending my time and I try to get those two stacks to match as much as I can. It'll never be perfect. But that's kind of how I I orient at a high level. Like do I have enough time for all the different buckets? Sweet. You know, it's funny. Our approaches are,
0: I almost work from the day to day up to the week and Mm -hmm. your approach at least, and there's a quarterly and annual element to what I'm doing, but a lot of times I've developed this practice. I call it the win the week, right? And so On Monday mornings, I don't have any meetings and I start, ask all my direct reports to send me what their win the week looks like, like based on your quarterly projects, your metrics, like how did last week go and what are your priorities this week? So try to get that in by nine o'clock my time. And then I look at the work demands of my life and also look in the, you know, I have a a section for, what's it take for me to win this week on, as a dad, what's it take for me to win this week in fitness, in personal finance, you know, as in married life, in my friends, and my hobbies, like I I go and look at these areas and there's areas where I'm saying, hey, this quarter I'm playing offense in this area. Like for the last six months, been an offensive mode for me in fitness. Like I'm trying to like push the limit there. So it's more time and energy going into effort there. And, you know, a little bit less on the, on the hobby side, like outside of coaching my kids, like I don't, you know, haven't been, spent a whole lot of time at the golf course, anything like that. On Monday mornings, I sit down, I look at all these different areas of life and I say, what's it take to win the week this week? And I'm basing that on our progress against our quarterly you know, our quarterly rocks, our weekly scorecards and weekly syncs, how our, our KPIs are shaping up. And I like to retain as much of my calendar as possible to be able to be flexible to meet the demands of the week. You know, someone once said to me, you can't win the week if you don't win the day, you can't win the month if you don't win the week, you can't win yeah. the quarter if you don't win the month. So it's like, I like... Hey, what can I influence right now that seems to have has helped pair with? And I know that this part of what makes you know you and I work so well together is I know that we've got the quarterly and the annual structures in place to make sure that we're surfacing the biggest challenges in the business and, and attacking them. Yeah, man, that that weekly rhythm of how am I doing in these areas of life, reflecting on it and then making sure that I take one or two actions to play offense in the areas that I want to play offense or that, are, that need more of my attention has really helped me. Like, I know that I'm coming back to it every Monday and too much mm-hmm. time doesn't go by without me
1: operating in alignment with my values. Yeah, it's interesting. Like, we do a lot of the same stuff, but just sequenced a little bit differently. Like, I just pulled up. It's like, I have all, everyone on my team do an end of week report instead of like a Monday morning report. And I, like, I'm just looking at what I asked them. So like, what are the projects or initiatives that you move forward? How did it go? What's one thing you learned this week? What are your top three priorities for next week? Is there anything you need for me to get unblocked or to operate more efficiently? And then just like, is there anything else you want to share? And like that fourth question really helps me because I never want to block them on something. So like, that's a very high priority. I look for those every Friday afternoon. If I'm blocking them on something, I'll try to resolve it before Monday. So I know that Monday morning, they can hit the ground screaming in a good direction without me being in their way. That's a great point. I might move my Mondays, I might move
0: mine to Fridays so that I can have them Earlier on, I like that upgrade. I like doing my win the week on Monday, but I need the team to be there early. Exactly. Then I got the context to say, how do I spend my
1: week? So, dude, great upgrade. What I do with that is like, because then I can plan my week on Sundays. Right. And so, like, I'll take, you know, 45 minutes on a Sunday and put together weekly goals and like what I want to move forward. And then by Monday morning, I'm getting after it, you know, so I'll wait on them. I
0: love it, man. That's a great upgrade. Oftentimes, these new habits or rituals come out of, they're born out of necessity. What's pushed you to develop this,
1: like this regimen for aligning your calendar with your values? Wanting to do things I didn't know was possible for me to do. Like I, I just, it's really about forcing me to become a really good delegator, manager, leader, right? Because what I found is that the low-hanging fruit of working through your team is getting people around you who will do the things that don't light you up. And that will get you to a certain point, right? And everybody wants that and it feels good and those are easy things to delegate because you're like, I don't like, you know, whatever, bookkeeping, but there's someone out there who really enjoys the systematic process of making everything line up. Let's go find that person. I don't have to do it anymore. and They're happy, right? So like, that's like level one. But the part where it gets challenging To me, is when you have to say no to things that you actually enjoy doing yourself because you have goals that are more important than the joy that you derive from doing the thing, right? Right. And so, like that's where taking the more deliberate approach of like, what am I actually trying to achieve with this time? That's to me, at least, how I can justify to myself handing something off that I love, even though like I just might love it a little less than the outcome I'm trying to achieve with the thing I want to reallocate the time because. The thing that I'm ruthless about, like I'm I'm actually relatively flexible with a couple of exceptions, but one of them that I'm pretty ruthless about are the number of hours worked in a week. Now, occasionally things will come up, you know, and we'll jam late or we'll deal with something we got to deal with, but that's honestly the exception. So I generally will work from like 10 to 6. I can have mornings with my kids. I can drive them to school. I can do whatever. I can have dinner with them at night. I can get a workout before work. And so the way that I explain the strategy to people is this is your day. Just watch for those of you listening yeah. to the audio, I'm holding up a, a bottle of water, right? And you can only fit so much water in the bottle. You can't cram extra water in there. It's going to fit 20 ounces. And so my only job is to figure out how many ounces of yeah. each fluid am I putting in the jug? Because the minute you try to just cram extra shit in there, usually what ends up happening is you're robbing from your family. And the, you know, like we always say, only people who are going to remember you did that is your family. And I got news for your Your 12th hour at work. You're probably not being that freaking effective anyway. You might as well yeah. just do it tomorrow. Yeah, dude, it's like, if you think of business as solving, you th- there's this
0: concept that I call the theory of constraints. So yeah. if, if your role as a founder is to solve the constraint in the business, if every quarter you do that, the company should grow. If it doesn't grow, you solve the wrong constraint. There's no shortage of work to be done, but if you prioritize correctly, it will unlock growth. If you prioritize thoroughly, it won't. And so the, the name of the game is prioritization, not outworking, like outworking. Yeah. So it's not really a competitive advantage. It feels like in, in, some time, in the early days, it's it certainly like, yeah. And just over time, like I think that there is something to be said for just consistently, like if you, so you say, hey, I'm I'm putting 40 hours a week into this, like those 40 hours per week being, you have full energy. You're doing things outside of work. The light to show up to be.
1: I'm picturing the people watching this right now. And I think there's probably a ton of them who are calling bullshit. And so I just want to like give an example, right? If you're listening to this right now, just think about the last task that you severely procrastinated, right? That one thing that you're just like, I'm procrastinating. I don't want to do it. I don't want to do it. And you build it up to be this behemoth. Then you sit down and do it. And it takes you like 17 minutes and it's done. And it's like, there's just so many examples of this, right? Where you put the constraint on it, and you work at a ridiculous pace for a short duration to achieve a specific goal, and then you can set it down, right? But if you don't have the constraint, the Parkinson's law, right? Like the work expands to fill the container you give. Yeah, it. and so like it's yeah. just it is a destructive behavior because if you don't keep that under wraps, you're gonna rob from the people you love, and it's just yeah. not acceptable yeah. for me. For me, totally.
0: I'm right there with you. And it wasn't that way. Like, honestly, the more kids I've had, the bigger my family grows. Like, the more of a, like, constraint this becomes. Like, you know, if I was left alone, like, I say all the time, like, kudos to my wife. If she hadn't found me when we did, we hadn't gotten married, like, I'd end up living a very different life because I love the work. Like, I love, yep. I don't really ever get tired of it. Like, it's what I want to do most of my waking hours. But if you get me out of that black hole <laughs> or that vortex, like I also love spending time outside. I love fitness yeah. like work is where my mind wants to go automatically when I, you know, cause I'm engaged and I love the, the mission that we're on. But at the end of my life, like I want my kids to have, have said I had a dad that was present and I want friends that said, man, Johnny made a really big impact on my life. And you know, there's just a lot of things in those buckets that I want. And so having over time developed the constraints, I said, look, if I'm a professional, that means that I can get it done in a a constrained time frame, right? Like yeah. a true professional figures out a way to get the job done. That's where that learning and development and the, the prioritization, all of those are things that help us, you know, just perform at a higher level quarter over quarter, and not at the expense of our families. Dude, there's a couple of people that have inspired me. If I think through how to get better at this over time. If I want to give the listeners tools to get better at it over time, I'd say like the three steps are just to find the buckets. What are your priorities? Like what's important to you? All of them. You're one person. So put your personal professional. There is no line here. Like if we want to be great, like name all the buckets we want to grade great in. And then two, set time for reflection and rate them weekly. Like how yeah. did I show up? Scale one to 10. Where am I winning? Where am I not? Circle the two to three where we're playing offense and know, like, that's where we're, we're saying, hey, there needs to be additional time to in this area. I want to go from a six to a seven or from a seven to a 10. Here's where I'm playing offense. And then just make incremental improvements. I over engineered this. I got super inspired. There's two guys, Jim Collins and Rob Deerdeck, both do these daily ratings of mm-hmm. themselves. Like, okay, they have for years. And I, like, yeah. I heard them on a podcast. And I got super inspired. I built out this, like, you'd be proud of me. Well, probably not. You probably wrote some custom software for it. But I built out a, <laughs> a Google sheet that I, or a, you know, a form that I filled out every day, like dropped it in a Google sheet. I had these yeah. like, you know, charts built out and like, how am I doing in every area? And it ended up way over engineering it. So, you know, just know that your, whatever system you develop, it's not going to be perfect the first time around, but just keep coming back to it. Like make it a non-negotiable that you're going to find the system that works for you. Like clearly Matt and I have some similarities to them. There are definitely yeah. going to be some differences, you know, there's differences to ours. There will be for yours, but it's just a practice of saying, I want to be better in all of these areas. And the only way to do that is to consistently
1: like, you go look in the mirror and say, what can I change? Yeah, dude, I'm going to plus one the, uh, the daily rating. So that's a new habit for me that my own coach, I would say he asked me to do it, but he told me to do it. This is cool. That's why, that's why, uh, you know, you have a good coach, but it was, and the same thing, like don't overbuild it. It's literally three things. What's the score of the day on a one to five? What's three things that made it great? What's three things could have made it better? And I just jot that down every night before I go to bed. And then I can see like, what's the correlation between my low numbers and the things I didn't do? You know, like I know if I skip a workout, I'm going to have a worse day than if I can go break a sweat and be out yeah. in nature, go for a run, whatever. That's like the atomic unit of my mental and physical wellness is I have to train. If I don't train, I'll have a good day. Right. And so, yeah. But just being able to see that correlation. So like, I love, love, love the day rating. You know, I think the other thing for me, you know, we use this phrase a lot in the business We say, like, we got to turn the lights on, meaning see the data behind it is I make a list. I use a little app on my phone. What's it called? I'll tell you in a minute, but called streaks. But anyway, like it's just a daily habit tracker. So like, I know there's a set of actions that I want to take in order to have a great day. And I'm not perfect. And I break streaks all the time. I'm a human, just like anyone is. You're never going to be perfect. The goal of this is not to be a robot or to be perfection. It's just to know like, where am I repeatedly missing? So I can either adjust my actions or adjust my expectations. I think the part Mm -hmm. where we psychologically work against ourselves is when we do neither of those things. And then we get mad at the like results we didn't get based on the actions we didn't take. Like, it's okay to say, I bit off more than I could chew. I'm not going to go run a 200 mile race this year. So let me just dial that back. Or I can say, you know what? I'm not willing to compromise that. I need to reallocate my time and, you know, make sure I but like the gap between X and Y, like that's where we end up getting down on ourselves. And so yeah. I think it's our job to just know the inputs and the outputs, close the gaps and just be real about it. You do that. Like that's nine tenths of the battle, man. Dude, totally. If
0: life is about the journey and not the destination, I think happiness comes from just living in alignment with your values. Yeah. The less time, like for you, you know, like, hey, a day not working out is a day not well. I, it's not the best day it could be. So it's like, how can I close that gap as much as possible? And it happens. Like we miss, you miss workouts or, you know, time spent sure. whether it's with the kids or you're getting certain stuff done at work, but it's, it's like, we just don't want, you know, weeks to stack up on that. Like how unhappy would you be if three months go by and you just weren't active? Like pretty unhappy. Then they're not happy. And it's an obvious one, but I mean, there's a lot of other stuff that like, I think for some people, it's like, hey, I, I really love surfing. I love getting out. I love getting surfing with stuff like months go by and you haven't surfed. Like, it's just yeah. not the best three months that it could have been. Like So there's less obvious stuff that if we want to build a 10 out of 10 life and be a, a high performer and get all that we want out of it. I think happiness comes from living in alignment with the values. And we can't do that with having your 10 out of 10 ambition in every area. If we don't have this like great calibration rhythm in place. So for you, it's yeah. daily. I'm stuck on weekly for right now. I feel like it's been a good incremental improvement. I'll probably get down to daily in some areas I do. Like when I play offense, it is, I'm trying to build a new habit. It's like daily we're looking at it. Yeah. Um, I try to integrate that into the stuff that I don't have to track as much, but the principle is the same. Like look at it, reflect on it. And when you're playing offense and totally, you won't go too far without your alignments or your time being spent out of alignment with your
1: values. Yeah. Hey, you mentioned one thing I want to just give everyone a, like an opportunity to learn more. You mentioned the theory of constraints and that applies to so many areas in business outside of time management. You probably know my favorite book I'm getting ready to recommend, but it's The Goal by Dr. Ellie Goldratt. It's, I actually learned about it. I saw a tweet a hundred years ago that I guess it's required reading for everyone on Amazon's management team. Someone can fact check it. I don't even know if it's true or not. Who cares? I bought the book. I read it. What it's done for me is I can literally, am at the point now where I can visualize like any process in the business or in the life as if it were an assembly line with like, you know, little robots building components and stuff like that. And you can start to figure out like, where do I need to change the inputs or the outputs or the QA or the data collection or whatever, like everything in yeah. life is a system. Might be going down the rabbit hole, but it's cool. It's our rabbit hole go down there. But it lets me like quickly kind of visualize how are my processes working and what can I move around in order to maximize throughput? And so like that, the obvious example is around like sales funnels and marketing funnels and customer acquisition, but everything in life is a funnel, right? It's a set of inputs, actions, et cetera, that go through a process with an expected result that comes out the other side. So it's a really fun book actually to read. It's not as dense as I just made it sound. I'm kind of doing it a dis- disservice. Dude, it's, a, um, but yeah, it's a great audio book. Great book. Yeah. It's a really, really good audiobook for those like yeah. that
0: like to, like to you listen, it's an amazing audiobook, and definitely one picking up. I'll also drop out I think we have a way to do this in the show notes i'll I'll link up Jim Kahn shares his whole process for these daily ratings on an interview with, on the Tim Ferriss show, well, and then Rob Deerdeck, I think on my first million, there's a great podcast where he just he talks about how he landed on this you know daily rating and how he maximized his life super inspiring stuff. Matt, anything else to add on? Show me your calendar and I'll
1: show you your values. Yeah, just don't resist it. Like it's defense, not offense. The world is stealing from you. The world is stealing your time every day and you're either going to let it or you're not. So if you want to stop letting it, like that's where blocking your time and taking ownership of your day comes in, right? So you're not building a prison. You're just, you're building a defensive mechanism to protect your time for your priorities. Think about that way. It makes sense, at least to me. So if you feel like the whole world is stealing from your day, and you're like, man, I can't do any of this stuff, give this a try. And just the big part is you got to follow through on the commitments you make to yourself. Like if it's in the calendar, it's a commitment. Even if it's not an external commitment, you know, you got to value yourself as yeah. much as you value other people. You got to show up that way. But I mean, you do that, a lot can change, man. Yeah, totally. I hey, listeners, if you got a hack, a process that works really well for you, like Matt and I love
0: nerding out on this stuff. I'm sure there's another level for us to get to. If you got that's working well for you, let us know. Podcast at sassacademy.com. We're sure to jam on this topic more in the future, but Matt, good hanging with you. Appreciate you sharing. You, See you on the next one.